1: All right, good evening, buddy. My name is Joe Vecchio, your co-host, announcer, and producer, coming to you from KFMB Studios with 50,000 watts of power. We're heard not just in San Diego County, but Orange County, L.A. County, up the coast of Seattle on a good night, down to Cabo, out to the desert. If you download the app for 760 KFMB, you can hear us on any device as the show airs, and these uh, podcasts are all commercial-free on uh, iTunes as well as uh, iymoney.com. Now time to introduce the main man of the hour. He's a CPA extraordinaire. He's a best-selling author, an accomplished marathon runner, a philanthropist, a lecturer, and a family office expert advising several high-net-worth families. His name is Richard Musio. Richard, good evening. How are you tonight?
2: I'm doing a marvelous job and having a lot of fun watching Wimbledon, <laughs> really? which, which is a perfect lead-in for this show. Absolutely, are people? I hope people can uh, are still showing up over there. <laughs> they are.
1: Yeah, you can get some good deals. But anyway, anyway. we thought uh, we had other plans uh, for a show this uh, tonight, but with uh, with the, the advent of the the Brexit movement and what's happening and. Uh, we want to assure people the sky isn't falling, but uh, we want to get a little more information, background information, the impact, the political, social, economic, financial, all that. So the show is called It's Your Money and Your Life, and tonight is mostly about money, and it's mostly about Richard. And on the phone, we have from New York one of the uh, chief analysts and strategists from UBS. He has over 20 years of experience as an equity analyst and a chartered financial analyst. So, if you know what that is, folks, that's one of the hardest uh, credentials to get in the world. And um, from the University of Pennsylvania and, uh, and Wharton School of Business. And he's been a guest before on the show from UBS, one of the biggest banks in the world. David Lefkowitz, welcome to the show. Thank you, Joe. Happy to be here. Outstanding. Well, Richard, why don't you fire away? Um, you're the CPA, and uh, people want to know what's going on with the Brexit. Uh, where do you want to start?
2: Well, David, first question: How, how surprised were you with the vote, or, or surprised at all, or, or not?
0: It, it, yeah, I think I think it was it was somewhat of a shock. Um, I was I was actually here in the office watching the tape a bit uh, as the the votes were coming in, and when I when I was leaving the office, the pound was rising and looked like the the leave vote was going to lose uh and then you know a couple hours later obviously we we got an, a very opposite result so i think financial markets were very clearly positioned for the defeat of the leave vote mm-hmm. um and that's what part of the reason why we saw so much volatility so um like what? like most uh investors we were also expecting the leave to lose and obviously that wasn't the case
1: but things have settled down now a little bit correct uh how are things looking you know a few days out <laughs>
0: in a seesaw, so we were uh, looking at the S&P 500 uh, it, w- it fell 3.5% on Friday, mm-hmm. another almost 2% on Monday, and then over the last two days, we've seen a pretty strong rally, and now stocks mm-hmm. are only down about 2% from, from where they were before the vote. So it's, been, it's definitely been a big seesaw.
2: A roller coaster. Huh? But David, um, just, just some background information for some people who might not know what the EU is, and I think some of the voters who voted to leave don't know what it is, could you do some brief background explanation of what the EU is and why it's so important?
0: Sure. I, the The EU, European Union, is is essentially a uh, political conglomeration of, of of the independent states in uh, in Europe. And and the whole idea here, and I, I think it's important to sort of rewind the clock a little bit and 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 sort of get some historical perspective. Uh, after World War II, a lot of the European leaders said we need to put in institutions that will prevent this. Calamity from ever happening again, after having been through two world wars in mm-hmm. pretty pretty quick succession. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that was really the genesis of some of these institutions that eventually turned into the European Union. And the idea is that they wanted to try to bind all the countries together in a in, in a more legal way
1: and to prevent it, what, too much financial imbalance. I guess right. Uh, uh,
0: I would say. Financial imbalance, but also you know, give give the the nations a forum to, to talk with non, one another, and I also think really increase the economic ties between uh, between all the member states, and and so almost to prevent uh, the calamities of early in the 20th century yeah. from from it, repeating
1: themselves. Yeah, would it be fair uh, to say, like an economic United Nations, so to speak, uh, in a way?
0: Uh, yeah, a little bit. I, I mean, I think I think this is part of you know this whole other question of. of uh, the eurozone and and the the, the single common currency, um, you know, did they put the cart before the horse? But I think at the end of the day, it started off as kind of a peace project, and then it turned into a way to economically unify the continent, but it still is politically divided between mm-hmm. all these different nation states.
1: Now, Fum, I, I did a little background reading uh, recently, and it's kind of been a rocky road with the UK and uh, the EU from the get-go. Uh, apparently Charles de Gaulle didn't uh, care for Great Britain too much uh, and wouldn't even let him in. Uh, the, the forerunner, correct?
0: Okay. That's right. I mean, the U.K. has always been a little bit separate and, and sort of has an, almost an asterisk next to it, its membership in the union. Obviously, they never chose to adopt the euro uh, and, and – and, and they wanted to keep their own currency um, you know in, in in hindsight now that actually is 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 a good thing uh, because it minimizes the amount of financial disruption uh, because they have their own currency and we're not talking about a breakup of the euro, which would be a lot a lot more dramatic and uh, violent yeah I'll say. but Uh, But, yeah, but I think it's a very fair point. They've always been a little bit separate than, than some of the other continental members of the union.
1: And then how is this impacting the value of currencies over there? I think that's a big concern for a lot of people, right?
0: Yeah, I mean, we've seen a pretty sharp fall in the pound sterling. Uh, and, and that has not rebounded, even though we've seen some stocks, uh, stocks have rebounded both here and in Europe. Mm-hmm. Uh, the pound is still down a fair amount, 10 you know, percentish or so. The euro down a little bit less. Uh, but, but yeah, the, the most dramatic and direct impact has definitely been in the currency markets.
2: And, and what about the banking system in the U.K.? What effects do we think um, we're going to be seeing? Yeah. So the banks
0: have really been bearing the the brunt of a lot of the selling, in both you know here and in. Uh, in Europe, and I think there are a couple things to bear in mind. And the fact that interest rates are lower now
3: mm-hmm.
0: uh, makes it a more challenging environment for banks. It's just a, it's a harder environment to earn a spread and, and make money on on lending, just because they're getting lower rates on those loans now. Uh, and also, the, there was there was some thinking in the UK that. Uh, their, their central bank, the Bank of England, was going to begin raising interest rates, and that would have been good for, uh, for the banks over there, and, and now that looks like it's going to – we could go into reverse and start cutting rates, and that, uh, that may not be as good. And then, obviously, there's a lot of questions about the whole business model for U.K. banks. Uh, will they have access to the European common market, and will they be able to service clients from London uh, that happen to be European or Eurozone based clients and that's a big uncertainty at this point uh, and that's part of the reason why we've seen such carnage in the UK banking sector when it comes to the stock
1: performance. Mm-hmm. And of course this Article 50 has never been used, that's the, uh, the exit clause, right, for any country wanting to, um, to exit the EU and uh, so really uh, they technically have not left yet, right?
0: That's correct. They haven't left. I mean, this, this is just this is a referendum, and and then the government has to uh, has to then trigger the Article Fifty. Now, uh, the other thing is that I think part of what has exacerbated some of the, the the volatility uncertainty is that there is right now somewhat of a leadership void in the UK. Uh, the current prime minister has uh, David Cameron has announced that he will resign, mm-hmm. uh, and, and and the the governing party is looking for a replacement. The opposition party also uh, is looking at a leadership change. So there's a lot of – not only do we not know – we have a lot of economic uncertainty. We now have a lot of political uncertainty on top of that, and that's just compounding things.
1: Kind of like here. (laughs) 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 But – In any case, well, obviously, we're coming up on a break pretty soon, but we want to know how this is going to impact the U.S. economy and our equities. We know that you've issued a UBS newsletter on this as well and all the implications. And so you want to take our break now, Eric? Why don't we do that? We'll come right back with David Lefkowitz from UBS, chief strategist right after this. Hang on. <laughs> Boy, that's beautiful music, Richard, isn't it?
2: It is. <laughs> I like the clash better. Yes,
1: we're talking <laughs> We're talking with David Lefkowitz from UBS Chief Strategist all about Brexit and the implications and Richard had some questions. So go for it.
2: We had talked a little bit about banks, but how about real estate market in the UK and or outside of the UK? In, in other words, any possibility of a capital flight out of shall we say Um, the U.K. overdo other countries like the U.S.
0: Yeah, I I do think I do think that that is something that we need to keep a a close eye on. Uh, Obviously, the U.K. and London in particular was sort of a a seen as a a global financial center and and attracted a lot of capital globally. Mm -hmm. Uh, And uh, to the extent that that is no longer going to be uh, the financial center that it was, if you know, if if the UK banks are going to have a significant amount of hamstrings on, in terms of how they operate uh, and, and their access to the European common market, we definitely could see uh, we could see the appeal of London as a global financial center wane, and and that could likely that could lead to some uh, reductions in the amount of real estate demand, and, and and there's been a lot of capital flows into that sector in London recently, so I, I do think there's there's some risk there. Yeah.
1: How about GDP overall, with regard to the UK and the EU? Do you anticipate some kind of domino effect and some kind of downward trend.
0: So I think this is a, there's a this is a key question, obviously, and and I do think at this point we are going to see some fall off in economic activity in the UK. Businesses don't know the rules of the road at this point. Consumers aren't sure if they're going to be in the union or not, and, and and there's a lot of political uncertainty, as we talked about, uh, it wouldn't shock me to see some hit to consumer confidence as a result uh, and a little bit of pullback in consumer spending. So I do think we are going to look at a period of slower growth in the UK. Mm-hmm. Um, and that has knock-on effects. It, it probably will impact the Eurozone a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, but But the eurozone is a much larger economy, and uh, the domestic situation there is improving. So I I think we're not looking at a recession for Europe. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then we're – here in the U.S., we're kind of a third order removed from all of that. Uh, So the impacts here in the U.S. should be fairly modest, Uh, but but we're still watching this, and I think it's important to see how – the how businesses respond to this and do they they change any of their investment plans as a result and how
2: important will scotland's response to be this in terms of if they decide to go ahead with a referendum to succeed is that going to be i mean succeed is that going to be of great importance or really not that significant
0: i I think it probably has has bigger political implications than it does economic but it's just another variable to throw into into the mix of of uncertainty but it, yeah, I mean, it does seem like if, if we are talking about the U.K. Re- exiting from the European Union, the Scottish seem like they that, that's, that's not something that they want to do. In fact, the voting there was heavily in favor of staying, mm-hmm. um, and it wouldn't be shocking to see them think about leaving their union with the United Kingdom, and I think it's more political uncertainty and and leads to potentially some some dent to business confidence, but the implications beyond the UK itself uh, are are not are not that large just mm-hmm. because it's a relatively small economy
1: right. Now the whole EU, I saw some numbers. Uh, their GDP is valued at about eighteen and a half trillion as of 2014, and um, I'm not sure where they are today. But as as far as the U.S. economy and how this impacts us, I, I don't. Uh, you're saying it's not that going to impact us all that greatly.
0: I really don't think so. I, I, I mean, I, I think there's a couple of things to bear in mind here. You know, trade to the United Kingdom is only about three percent of our exports, and export activity is only about ten percent of our of our overall economic activity. So we're talking about a very small percent of of total U.S. economic activity. Mm-hmm. Um, if it has spillover effects in, on the European Union and their economy, that could have a slightly larger impact here, but but really, uh, the, we're probably not going to feel it very dramatically at all. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think it's important to, to think about, to, to also watch, though, do we see financial market contagion? And, in other words, do we see stress in financial markets, and does that lead to a broader retrenchment of business spending more broadly? So far, we're not seeing that to any great degree at all, so that gives me a fair amount of comfort that the impact is going to be fairly uh, small, as I mentioned. I think it's important to also make one other point on this. We've had – there have been a number of non-U.S., what I would call crises, over the years, and – you know, you can t- think about the Russian default in 1998. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can you can talk about the uh, the Thai baht devaluation in '97, uh, the pay- the Mexican peso devaluation mm-hmm. in '94. I mean, there's a whole host of these things that have happened in the past, and they have never led to a U.S. recession. So I think it's important to bear that in mind, and that's because we are a very uh, what we call closed economy, right. much more reliant on domestic activity than we are on foreign activity.
1: We can cause our own recession. Thanks. Thank you very much so. exactly. Exactly. <laughs> we don't need any help but right. um, recording your report you've got sectors broken down their technology consumer staples energy uh, health care consumer discretionary and financials uh, and 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 property REITs anything you're particularly robust on or uh, cautionary on
0: so I, I think the two sectors that look the most interesting here uh, to us are healthcare and consumer discretionary. Healthcare has really derated, in other words, it's gotten cheaper over the last couple of years, primarily for those domestic considerations that you were talking about that you know, concern about restrictions on drug pricing, mm-hmm. uh, political noise coming out of the election related to that, uh, and you know we don 't think at the end of the day there 's going to really be any change in uh, in in the regulations around pharmaceutical companies, regardless of who wins in November, mm-hmm. uh, so uh, the earnings outlook still looks quite good, and you know looking for if you 're looking for defensive sectors and with interest rates very low, a lot of these large pharmaceutical companies pay very attractive dividend yields. Mm -hmm. uh, That that area is looking pretty interesting. The other area is is consumer discretionary, where I think there's still a lot of uh, pent-up demand for housing that's a key driver of consumer spending uh, going forward. Uh, balance, consumer balance sheets are in very good shape. Debt, debt has been paid down. Interest rates are low. Uh, and wages are beginning to rise. So I think that's all a great backdrop for further gains in consumer spending. And here also we've seen a, a, evaluations have have Come down, uh, so the risk reward looks pretty attractive at this point.
2: There you go, Richard. Follow up. Yeah, question about immigration in the UK. I know the referendum might have been based in part on um, people's opinions about whether we should have open borders back, you know, over in Europe or not have open borders, and the effect on the UK and the job market that results from changing policies in immigration. Do you think that's going to cause unrest or affect the economy a lot if if there's significant changes in terms of immigration policy?
0: I, I do think that uh, having some, you know some restrictions if there are restrictions on uh, on immigration and it, it has the potential to impact uh, just the level of wages and, and it could mean it's harder for companies to find the employees they need um, and you may not get a, a, a perfect matching of, of skills between job seekers and, and companies and, and those companies that are that are looking for jobs and it, it may encourage or looking for workers it may encourage companies to think about, uh, domiciling their operations in areas that are more favorable to uh, to their ability to attract talent. Um, so it, it is something that that could be a uh, a wild card. I, what's interesting though is that even the leaders of this leave campaign have really you know kind of changed their tune a bit about exactly how they feel about some of the, these key issues in immigration being one of them mm-hmm. uh, and access to the European common market being another one. So it's not clear there's going to be dramatic changes on the immigration front, but, but definitely something that I think in the end would actually just hurt the U.K. economy if, the, if this is not done in, in a thoughtful fashion.
1: There you go. One quick question. I think we're relatively insulated uh, the markets with uh, trading curbs or circuit breakers. Uh, do you have any opinion on that or can, do you have to reserve judgment?
0: Oh, in terms of uh,
1: our own markets, uh, with mitigating the-
0: volatility. Correct. Yeah, I, I, mean, I, I think uh, the fact that we have very deep capital markets um, with a lot of market participants, yeah, uh, I, you know, I think that minimizes the likelihood that we're going to see any you know, any type of, of, so to speak, air pocket mm-hmm. that that could lead to a real disruption. Free, free but, uh, mm-hmm. but, you, you know, you, you do occasionally get these periods when uh, you do see more severe sell-offs. And, yeah, there are circuit breakers in place to just sort of a timeout to give everybody a rest and just kind of reassess the situation. But go. I think what's important to bear in mind is that, we have some of the deepest and largest capital markets in the world, and we've – I think if you look at the long – over a long period of time, these things
2: tend to work out. There you go. Uh, David, um, we have to wrap. We have to take a break, but yep. we really okay. appreciate you taking time out of your evening to Thank you um, so chat much. with us. Thank you, David sure. Lefkowitz,
1: UBS. We're coming right back with Alan Jinn from USD. Hang on. We'll be right back. Money. We are back with the award-winning It's Your Money and Your Life, and now Richard likes to thank our sponsors.
2: Big thank you to our sponsors, as always. Couldn't do this show without UBS, Michael Caronta and Drew Friedis. Also, big thank you to Michael Caronta and Chris Marsh from UBS for getting David Lefkowitz set up for this interview because we didn't have a lot of time to do that, so really appreciate that from everybody at UBS. It was a great team effort. Also, our favorite CPAs on the planet, Signature Analytics with Jason Kruger, CPA, a great CFO service firm, as well as more traditional CPAs. Polito Epic CPAs up in Vista with Don Epic and Paul Polito. For real estate owners, how about cost segregation initiatives with Joel Grushkin, helping real estate owners improve their cash flow. Also, Brenda Geiger, attorney at law. Geiger Law Office specializes in estate planning and asset protection. California Republic Bank, Lane Elliott, Sean Puckett, a great niche market bank that specializes in banking services for wealthy families and family offices. We have a great employee benefits firm, Hub International. Formerly known as Mars Maddox Insurance. Also, the LG Group, and I mean the LG Experience and the Lombardi Group, helping wealth advisors make heroes out of CPAs to the CPA's very best clients. Also, Paul Hines with Hearthstone Private Wealth Management. Paul, of course, heads up the senior safeandsound.org initiative here in San Diego, helping to prevent financial elder abuse. Nathan Watkins, Worldwide Credit. Interest rates are low, and it looks like they might be staying that way. So if you're buying or refinancing, Nathan Watkins. With worldwide credit, and I've been talking so much, I'm getting hungry, Joe. So what? What else can I do? Well, one of our other great sponsors is the Stats Coffee
1: Houses. Uh, the originals on in Normal Heights. Uh, second one is in University Heights. Third one about to open on University in Hillcrest. Uh, open 24/7, 365. A great food all the time and coffee, of course. And we also like to thank uh, the Very Good Food Foundation, Michelle Lirak, for all their great support and all the great shows that she provides. And uh, Richard, I know they've all been working with you for about uh, many years, right? With, In some cases, almost 30 years. With great success, of course. And then if you'd like to know more about our sponsors, just go over to iymoney.com. There's a sponsor tab across the top of the page. Put your cursor there. There's a drop-down menu. You can click on any one or all of them. Their, con- their contact information is there. Their history and bio is there. And we highly recommend all of them. So. There you have it. Anyway, in studio with us, and he's been here for the entire show, but he's been listening mostly for the first half. But uh, this gentleman is um, a very well-known economist in in town. Uh, He's been a professor of economics at the University of San Diego since 1988, and uh, Richard's alma mater, of course, hey, Torero. and uh, he's been on done dozens and dozens. Actually, his bios has thousands of interviews. I'm gonna hold, I'm gonna check that out with him. Now but. it's a thousand and one. <laughs> <laughs> but Professor Alan Jinn, professor of economics, welcome to our show. Thank you for having me. Yeah, it's a real, real, real pleasure. Um, well, you heard the first half with David Lefkowitz. and um, what what questions or issues or comments with the, with, are at the top of your mind?
3: Uh, you know, I, I think uh, he hit uh, the nail on the head uh, for, for the most part. Uh, I, in terms of the overall U.S. economy, I think it's going to have some impact, but 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 minimal. Um, he, he mentioned the, that that we don't have a lot of trade uh, with with the with the EU, and uh, trade itself is just a small part of the overall uh, U.S. Uh, GDP. Hmm. What I'm what I'm Interested in is is whether or not this is actually going to go through because I mean, there, there's some talk now that that uh, the, that Britain may actually not end up exiting uh, because the,
1: art, the Article 50 may not get triggered. You're saying, for, right?
3: for, for, yeah. For, for one thing, is you know the referendum is non-binding, and and ah. so 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 even though. A slim majority was, was in favor uh, uh, of exiting. Uh, it still will require some some uh, legislation by the so we, British Parliament.
1: <laughs> so it's more like a survey rather than a binding proposition, <laughs> right? Gosh. Well,
3: well the, the, the David Cameron is is arguing, you know, the, the prime minister is arguing that, that they should follow the will of the people. But, uh-huh. but there seems to be some... Buyer's some, remorse, right? <laughs> exactly, exactly. Uh, you know uh, Scotland uh, was 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 strongly in favor of st- uh, staying in the uh, in the EU mm-hmm. and now the proponents are even backing off on some of their uh, some of their promises that they mm-hmm. made, and and you know, uh, you mentioned the immigration mm-hmm. uh, uh, thing earlier with your previous guest. But uh, uh, w- one example I could cite is that they claimed that that they were going to save hundreds of millions of dollars, and that that would be directed to the British uh, National Health Service. But the day after the referendum, the, the proponents immediately backed off oh. on that, and so right now there there's a big uh, petition. Uh, being being uh, uh, circulated to to try to have a second yeah, referendum to propaganda. try to reverse this.
1: I saw one item too about the the main proponent uh, of that who was uh, i guess he posed in front of a big billboard that was on the side of a bus that he was traveling around with with uh he, he's pointing at these immigrant this line of immigrants behind him well they weren't even in the uk it was a falsified uh, ad and even he withdrew that so uh, they've inflamed a lot of emotion over there i think and and people really i don't know if they've thought through uh, all the implications but let me ask you this the sterling uh, was always in existence but the euro, the euro, they never embraced the euro. I mean, you could go to UK and spend a euro when they, right? I mean, I wasn't quite clear when our prior guest when he mentioned that, or, or my. I...
3: Yeah, Britain never never adopted the 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 euro. So so so. Huh. so so sure, if you steal went, the pound. yeah, if you went, if you went to uh, the, the UK, you had to convert uh, oh. from Europe. You had to convert your euros in, into pounds. And you know, I think
1: that. the same thing in, with the Czech Republic now, or the mm-hmm. ch- uh, same thing they have. The I think it's the Kron or something. Uh, they don't accept euros over there, but uh, but uh, you can just go to a a, a, con- a conversion s- a store and, and ch- exchange them. You know, there's an exchange rate. So I guess it uh, it's more of an ego thing. I don't know what's uh, what's up what, with. I mean, if you're you're either in or you're out. I the, didn't the, the,
3: the British, you know, wanted to maintain the independence of the pound. They, they felt felt strongly about that, and and there's there's issues uh, about uh, maintaining your own independent currency. You have more control over your own uh, monetary policy, for example.
1: Yeah. Well, will this? Uh, let's say the article Article 50 is is uh, triggered. Mm-hmm. Will this impact the uh, immigration uh, and the situation in the UK, or, or don't we even know that?
3: I, I think uh, that uh, it, it all depends uh, you know uh, Cameron's going to step down eventually mm-hmm. and so I think it a lot will depend on the mm. the new government mm. uh, who's who succeeds them and and then uh, you know it's a it's a uh, by invoking this article 50 that only then starts a two-year negotiation process mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. a lot of uncertainty about uh what would happen, including on the immigration front? So they may be
1: walking back from the precipice a little, even if Article Fifty's tra- you know—it depends upon the negotiation of all these trade agreements, right, or the I, negotiation right?
2: I, I think I think it's the case.
1: Hmm.
2: Richard. So, so do you think um, the Leave vote was sort of based in in part on the fact that there's just general dissatisfaction in Great Britain with things like economic policy, immigration policy, and people just sort of do a knee-jerk reaction, much like the Trump phenomenon here, which is sort of, I guess, dying out.
3: I, 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 I think uh, that that is that is the case um, um, Prickly um, uh, on the immigration front a lot of a lot of uh, passions uh, in, in that prickly area you know a lot a lot of incidents uh, occurring then in, in the UK and um, then there's also the sense that uh, you know decisions were being made in Brussels by the EU that were impacting the the UK economy and and the lifestyle of, of people in the United Kingdom and uh, uh, people kind of, kind of resented that.
1: Mm. We know we didn't get in with David too much, but maybe uh, Alan has a has an opinion. Uh, sovereign debt and sovereign wealth funds and all that. Uh, obviously, and I've always I didn't want to get into derivatives with David because he probably wouldn't want to address the question, but. Nobody seems to know the state of the derivatives and this, this quadrillion-dollar uh, notional value and, and uh, whether we've um, walked back from that at all. Do you have any opinion on that? Yeah, I,
3: I, don't, I don't think I, I can address that, although you know the, the rating agencies did downgrade the, uh, the U.K. debt by, uh, I think, a couple of levels as a result of uh, this action.
1: Mm, there you go. Richard, do you have any opinion on the derivatives? Or uh... you know,
2: I never talk about derivatives <laughs> because, like everybody else, I don't understand them either.
1: <laughs> Look at this—we have got a
2: CPA and a PhD, and nobody knows. I mean, nobody it, does. It's
1: a bla- and they designed it that way, I think.
2: Uh, that was on purpose.
1: What do you think these hedge- Now, when did these hedge funds actually come into existence, uh, Alan? Do you have any? It's a relatively Richard, relatively recent.
2: fairly recent phenomenon, yeah. like in the last three decades. Yeah, and highly un- unregulated, right? Yeah, yeah, for okay. the most part unregulated. Yeah. Dodd Frank's efforts notwithstanding.
1: Anyway, we've got a minute to the break. So, what else you want to ask, Richard? <laughs>
2: <laughs> so, if, I, if I'm an ordinary citizen of um, the UK, uh, do you think this really affects me much at all?
3: It'll affect you in, in the sense that the, the value of the pound has mm-hmm. gone down uh, considerably, and so that makes it more expensive for right. you to do anything, for for you to travel, for you to purchase uh, imp- imported products.
2: Chris, to me, that was the irony. If there was general dissatisfaction with economic policy to do something that drives down the value of the pound, you've just shot yourself in your other foot. Mm. Right.
3: Mm-hmm. Mm. And, and then, you know, there, there's there's worry about whether or not it's going to affect investment uh, or, or not in in the in the UK. And there's already talk uh, among some businesses in the UK that they're going to move their operations yeah. to, to, to to the continent.
1: Well, we'll come right back with Professor Allengen University of San Diego, right after this. Hang on. The Smothers Brothers. That's the guy who wrote that song, Mason Williams. Uh, we had uh, fire up there, uh, Eric. All right, we're back in the home stretch. We're on the uh, the prowl here. What's that, Peter Gunn music, right, it's Richard? Peter Gunn, good detective music. We're back mm. with Professor Alan J. We're universe- gonna get to the
2: bottom of it. Joe. That's
1: right, Univers- <laughs> the race to the bottom. <laughs> Professor Alan Jinn, University of San Diego, uh, economist, professor. He's taught several core. I, I looked at your resume. My God, you've taught everything over there. Every, every economic subject under the sun, I think. But, but your real forte is uh, economic indicators. So, uh, what did you want to tell us about your latest uh, research?
3: Well, um, so so far the uh, the economy of the U.S. Is, is doing okay. We got some mixed signals on the. Uh, on the national front, uh, GDP growth, not, not great, but uh, we're, we're adding, uh, uh, except for the last jobs report, uh, we've been adding jobs at a pretty good pace. Mm-hmm. We're doing pretty well here in, uh, in California and, and on, on the West Coast. Mm-hmm. Um, California leads the nation. In job growth, is uh, that right? Uh, you know, p- people. You know, some people think that the economy is stagnant or or, or, or little, something like that. Flattened. And and, and, and there, there there are issues of doing business in in uh, in California. But but we've added more jobs in the last year than Texas and Florida combined. Which
1: really? Which uh, which sectors are we talking about mostly? High tech, biotech, all of that? Uh,
3: Broad based uh, things you mentioned. Uh, High tech, uh, uh, biotech, uh, construction has has rebounded. Mm-hmm. Uh, motion. Pictures, trade, mm-hmm. uh, agriculture, and and then a lot of support things, uh, restaurants and mm-hmm. and 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 healthcare as uh, as well, retailing mm-hmm. uh, to to support uh, those those, uh, those jobs.
1: Yeah, I'm looking at a 2012 number for the uh, California GDP, and I see uh, almost two trillion dollars. It's probably a little bit north of there now, don't you think?
3: I I I I think that that's that's probably the case. Yeah,
1: it's pretty good. Mm-hmm.
3: Now now you know based on on this, you know we, we said that the 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 Brexit uh, would have minimal impact on the U.S. And I think if you isolate it even here to us on the West Coast, there's even going to be less impact than that because mm. cause, simply because we're farther away, mm. we're, we're more impacted by what happens in Latin America and in Asia. So so the slowdown in China is a, is a bigger issue to us than uh, Britain leaving the uh, EU. Mm. Sure,
2: although interestingly I spoke with a very wealthy individual in the Middle East who's a very significant real estate investor who had deployed rather significant assets into the UK. Mm. And he said most likely they're going to be moving probably to the west coast of the US as opposed to the UK just because of so much uncertainty now being wrought by the referendum.
1: And plus we don't get up to 165 degrees here either. so. Yeah.
3: <laughs> We we could benefit uh, we could benefit then from people shifting their assets uh, from around the world if they mm-hmm. if, if, if the EU if if the UK then uh, is just too volatile too uncertain we could uh, benefit then from from that situation yeah. mm-hmm. well, well, one place where we'll be hurt is that uh, the decline in the value of the currency though makes it more difficult for Europeans mm-hmm. and 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 people from uh, from the UK to invest here in in san diego right. in california and along the west but coast but a nice
1: time for americans to travel right so maybe <laughs> that,
2: that, 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 that's that's correct uh, yeah so if you're taking a vacation yeah, do, i got a text from a buddy who's at the uh, Wim- wimbledon tennis championship saying well there's some really good deals over here i'm right sure
1: <laughs> when you get a sweetheart uh, uh what do you fly over there for a hundred bucks or something Yeah, exactly
3: <laughs> and then although the impact is going to be yeah, you know, not very large. We will probably have some impact in the sense that it's now more expensive for tourists mm-hmm. from Europe and the UK than to come to to the west coast mm-hmm. of the US. Mm and to visit places like like uh disneyland or 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 the san diego san diego zoo
1: hey speaking of disneyland they just opened one up in shanghai and yeah. mm-hmm. uh my friend uh, i used to work with him over channel 10 he and his wife they do great video for i, I guess another network i can't mm-hmm. i shouldn't say but uh that one there that looks phenomenal that uh, the disneyland over in shanghai have you seen anything just, just?
2: pictures on the internet yeah. boy
1: that's mm-hmm. something but i want to talk about the panama canal real quickly uh, they think that may impact west coast uh, commerce a little bit uh, you seen anything about that?
3: I, I think that that definitely would be because now you know bigger ships can 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 transit uh, can transit through there. So I think you know you're going to see you're going to see more more trade uh, a, as a result of that going from 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 one coast to the other through the through the yeah. Panama community. But they it think we
1: we may not get as much uh, shipping coming in here because I guess they could go directly to the East Coast or or uh, that's I saw something about that. I didn't really drill down on it too much, but. Um, but anyway,
2: Richard, you had another question? Yeah, how about how about our upcoming election in this country? It's been one of the more interesting years in terms of Donald Trump on the one side, Hillary on the other, probably the two most polarizing candidates in the history of a presidential election.
1: In the history of history. In the history of history.
2: Um, <laughs> w- w- what do you think? Is this going to affect the U.S. economy very much, depending on who gets in, or or is everybody just sort of looking at this and laughing at this point?
3: I, I, I'm of the view that, that the president, by him or herself, Cannot have a lot of big impact on the on the economy because they have to get legislation then mm-hmm. through Congress probably that the chair of the Fed probably can can do more individually than, than the president what the president can impact through legislation I think though is the winners and losers uh, basically who benefits who who loses then as a result then of, of economic of economic
1: policy mm. There you go. Well, uh, I, although Donald Trump did make some uh, negative remark about the economy the other day, and it did, I think it did affect the market temporarily. You know, the you know the president could make a negative comment. Right? That's and,
3: that's the one place where, where the president could have some sort of impact if if they if they you know spook the markets uh, mm-hmm. somehow by by you know making some sort of some know, sort of statement. President
1: uh, Trump might short the market, make a statement. You know, short the market ahead of time, <laughs> and make a it. statement, and, and uh, clean yeah. up a little bit. Who knows?
3: and, and, and that's. That's actually another impact, uh, as far a good as movie this, plot, as, isn't As, it? Uh, as, as far <laughs> as this uh, the Brexit is concerned, is that uh, uh, to the extent that financial markets are affected, uh, consumer confidence could be impacted then as well. So I don't think there's going to be direct impact on the U.S. West Coast, but but there could, could be some indirect impacts.
1: Well, speaking of consumer confidence, how, how are we doing, right? Now? Trending, you know, as of, you know, five years ago today, and how's it projecting out? Do you have any uh, opinion on that? You
3: know, while the economy seems to be doing well, the consumer confidence measures actually have been declining in in in, in the short term here. Huh. And I think that, again, reflects sort of this, this anxiety that a lot of people have as far as the economy and the lack of, in particular, wage and, and income growth?
1: Well, trade agreements is another thing. Now, Trump is going to be really ginning up the, pardon the upon <laughs> Yeah,
2: I was going to say, that was good,
1: too. <laughs> the, the trade agreement, uh, you know, the, the negative impact on the U.S. economy, uh, what's your opinion on NAFTA, CAFTA, and all these things? And should we walk back from those a little bit? Um...
3: I think I think it would be too late to, to to do that. I think it, it, the, the trade has had some negative impacts in terms of the manufacturing base of the of the U.S. And a lot of people, a lot of urban areas have been yeah. negatively impacted then sure. by that. But I think at this point, if you try to go back now and reinstitute tariffs, that mm. that would be really disruptive as far as the the, the U.S. economy, and that's is what Trump's
1: concerned. talking about, right? That's what he's, yeah, in, yeah, in a
2: sense. God. So your students at my alma mater, nineteen years old, twenty one years old, what do they? I mean, this is an overly general question, and I'm asking you to, I guess, overly generalize in your response. What, what are they thinking about? What, what are they concerned You're
1: about? They're Thinking about driving for Lyft or Uber on mm-hmm. their spare time. <laughs>
2: but seriously, what, what are they thinking about? What concerns them right now?
3: Well, 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 one thing is is that they do feel better about things than than maybe five years ago when the job market was okay. just terrible. So 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 a lot of Uh, A lot more jobs uh, available. The unemployment rate nationally below five percent now, so 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 a lot better as far as that's concerned. But but they're worried then about uh, student debt. Uh, Mm. uh, It's just much more expensive now to attend school. You know, we're a private school, but but even the public schools are 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 more expensive, a lot more expensive now. And and students then have this debt, and and that's going to affect them then far into the future. Um, That that could be what's what's causing consumption uh to to be down Mm -hmm. uh, to to be not as high as as it has been previously
1: well i'm a little uh, you know what uh, everyone puts down bernie sanders making education free but you know uh, on any given day the 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 stock market uh, about a trillion and a half can be up to that amount can be traded and a little tobin tax uh to to subsidize or fund education you know years ago we 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 talked you know usd was like seven hundred dollars a quarter but right in the 60s right richard
2: yeah, something oh. <laughs> like that. Mm-hmm.
1: And I don't know what the tuition is. Well, USD is you know mm-hmm. it's a very expensive private school, but mm-hmm. um, you know anything to help uh, other all students get some education if they're qualified and want to pursue. Uh, why not? And even adults, for God's sake. Even adults. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyway, we're about in our we're about to wrap up in our last minute here. Anything uh, compelling or uh, Alan that you'd like to say, real quick? Um. I'm not, uh, I, I guess I'm going to say that that we're actually in pretty good shape here in, right. in, in San Diego. I think all we're going right. to have a good year. So hang on, folks. It'll be a bumpy ride all the way to November. And uh, thanks for being our guest, uh, Alan Jinn from USD. Oh, thank and, you. And Dave oh, Lefkowitz. We voted to leave because yes. uh, I hear music. <laughs> and so. and uh, to Dave Lef- Lefkowitz in New York at UBS. Richard, great seeing you. Eric Rubicava on our soundboard, making it sound terrific. Thanks to Craig Blanky, our con executive, and Dave Sniff, our program genius. And Mike Caranta
2: from UBS. Thanks yes, again sir. for hooking this up. And we'll
1: see you next Next week, uh, all these packages are commercial-free on iymoney.com. See you next time. Bye bye.